I praise you and I praise you and I praise you and I praise you with all my heart. I praise you and I praise you. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We have the victory. Hallelujah. We have the victory. Hallelujah. We have the victory. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. How are you today? Are you good? Well, good to see you all in this beautiful place. I'm telling you, it's always nicer here than the other side. The other side, we appreciate them for all the services they offer us. Uh, but it's always nicer here. It's nicer especially for people like me who have this sense that here you can continue until the next day. <laughs> Though we never do it. Hello. It is wonderful to praise the Lord. It is beautiful to praise the Lord. I, I could go on like that for a while. So we, we will kick off very shortly in terms of, uh, <clears throat> terms of our mandate or assignment today. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at the back? Paul, you can hear me there? Cool. Um, Wendy, you can hear me that side? Can you hear me? Okay, you said no. That's enough evidence. I'm clear. We're clear. Okay, good. So, so long as you can hear me, I'm good. At least that's the irreducible minimum. The scripture says faith comes by hearing. If you can't hear me, I am doubtful, and so I'll be looking for how to assist you or work together with you to get to some place. So, <clears throat> I have said it severally and will still say it again and again. We are not in for some religious activity. This is not a game. Huh? This is not a game. It's not an act. We're not acting. This is it. This is life. This is it. This is life. And because we know this is it, we are hungry for reality. We're hungry for, we're hungry for fullness. We're hungry for fullness. We crave deep in our hearts to experience the totality of that which was said will come to be. And we lay claim to it in our days and say it needs to be fulfilled or ought to be fulfilled in these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, we're just talking with Pasi. 
the rest of them. Brian, you're recording. Ah, they will catch up. All right, so I say today is pretty instructional as we string a lot of things that we have said in the past few weeks together, uh, create some form of cohesion because so that we can be ready to finish at least this part of what we were teaching and, um, and, and enjoy a break. Apologies. Okay, good. Yeah, so, um, but I'm not doing recaps. <laughs> so I'm picking on things, concepts that have been raised uh, 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 in previous times and then just weaving together as I, I'm trying to create a single stream so we push one direction uh, a bit strong because I've been announcing for the last two weeks we're trying to get to Hebrews 11, we're trying to get to Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Um, then it keeps changing. Right, so um, significant living, eh? So today I put up slides so we could, I said I want to uh, concert the, is that okay, it's working for you? Okay, so want to, uh, oh, the part X meant I don't know what part. <laughs> okay, so we want to weave our thoughts together in the different areas and then bring it all home. So let's go. Um, so I'm going to start from the place where I spoke to you about the existence of a powerful enemy. Remember? Yeah, so I can join that together. That's in the next slide, Brian. So a powerful enemy. What do I mean? And uh, a disclaimer here, I'm not trying to promote fear or make you fearful. No, there's no cause to fear. Alpha and Omega is with us. However, even the ignorance about the status of the enemy is in itself a deception. You hear me? Even ignorance about the status or the nature of the enemy that you face is in itself a deception. Scripture warns us, do not be ignorant of the devices, the schemes, the activities of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 is dedicated to explaining to us as believers the nature of the warfare that we are in. Huh? For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Why is it in scripture? Because he does not want you to live in ignorance. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Why is he describing the weapons of our warfare and the nature of our warfare? So you're not ignorant. So even ignorant or ignorance or wrong perception about this enemy is in itself a deception about what's going on. Hello? Hello? So when you underestimate the enemy... It's because it actually is the enemy that wants you to underestimate him. Did you hear me? When you underestimate the enemy, it is because the enemy is propagating information that would make you underestimate him because it makes it easier for him to win the war. So I described to you, um, I described to you, and I put at the bottom of the slide, uh, not to invoke fear. No, it's not about fear, but it's about accurate perception, accurate sight. I described to you the enemy that we face, and we can, can kick that off from there. Psalms chapter 8. Let's go to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. So we want to do 
like a straight hour of instruction and then we can stop. Psalms chapter 8, verse 4. Psalms 8, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, fall of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the parts of the sea. O Lord our God, O, o Lord our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So the psalmist is describing who? Man, isn't it? The psalmist is describing man. And he's describing how man was made. And by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes, you have made him a little lower than angels. I have found too many conversations and even publications where Christians are trying to wiggle themselves out of that position. You know? Uh, what do you mean we are a little lower than the angels? Some have said that word in Hebrews means God. So you have made him a little lower than God. Well, if God made anything, everything he made is lower than him. So that would not be any point of discussion as it were. Everything is less, is lower than God. But it is describing in the order of creation where man is. And where man is, is that man is created a little lower than the angels. What is he talking about? He's talking about the fact that man can be found within space and time while angels exceed the brackets of space and time. Are you with me? Hello? Now, I told you, why is there an enemy in the first place? Now, that bit sounds like a recap, but let's just quickly touch on it. Why is there an enemy in the first place? Why does this enemy hate you so passionately? What did, what did you ever do to the devil? <laughs> what did you do to him? And then you come to realize it has nothing to do with you per se. It has everything to do with God's plan and how he designed man to be. So God created a being lower, lower than the angels. But this being was being created to be an heir, a son of God. And I gave you an example last Sunday. What does that mean? It's these stories you see in the Western movies because we don't see them in the African movies. That a certain rich man, super rich, with all this, you know, lots, lots of things, lots of property, lots of money, lots of everything, leaves it all to a cat. And then after he leaves it, as an, he signs and the lawyers will enforce it. Every inheritance, everything belongs to the cat. And then now the servants must serve the cat. That is how Lucifer felt. Are you getting me? That is how the angels felt. Because by all means, the human being as a created being is so inferior compared to what angels are. Hello? Guys, relax. Leave the children alone. Just focus, we carry on. Don't, don't be moved for a moment. Just focus. So, the man, the human being would fit in our story where the cat is. <laughs> and the angels would fit in our story relatives of the rich person. Yeah. 
Why? Because the angels had beheld the face of God. They had been in the presence of God. Excuse me. They were not there for two days and then man was created. They've been there. It's a timeless existence. Then God comes up with this brilliant idea, which the angels think is not so brilliant. They thought the old man had lost it. <laughs> he decides to create this inferior being, clearly, by all means, inferior. But then, he's not only creating an inferior being, he intends to make that inferior being his heir, his son. That's his intention from the word go. Now, when he sets out to do it, they rebel. So, okay, here's an important thing. Am I messing up with you too much? We okay? Here's an important thing. When, the, when, the, when God rolled out or set out to roll out that plan, the angels rebelled. You know, the normal notion we carry is that Satan went door to door, Lucifer went door to door and told them, guys, guys, to rebellini. We rebel, we rebel, we rebel. No, listen, the reason a third were able to follow him is that it made logical sense. <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Hmm? It made a lot of sense. If I come and I am one of the cousins of the rich man, and the rich man is writing a will to the cat, then I get the other cousins and tell them, is this sensible at all? They'll say it's not sensible. In Africa, I told you, what will they do? We skin and eat the cat <laughs> so that there's no more competition. Okay? Well, that's exactly what Lucifer decided to do. So he rebelled and they were cast out. And after they were cast out, his fury was directed towards the cat. Naskia <laughs> Paka. They were directed towards the man. <laughs> so he's determined, determined to prove wrong the plan of God, but he's incessed, he's obsessed, incessantly angry, he's passionately angry at you and I. Hello? Now the question then today was, how comes you're still here? If he hates you that bad and he is that powerful, how comes you're still here? Is he powerful? Of course he's powerful. How do you know he's powerful? Just read your scriptures and you see what they can do. See what an angel can do. They're angels. They're just fallen angels. They're angels. They did not fall and become cats. They remained fallen angels. So they can still do those things they can do. Hello? Because that's their order of creation. So, is he, are they powerful? Of course they are. See what angels do in scripture. Okay, even watch our angels. Even if you go to demons, what does it take to drive 2,000 pigs down a slope in a flash like this? Some creature of sorts. Are you with me? You wouldn't, listen, not to propagate fear, but I want you to know, in your own power, you wouldn't stand a chance, a moment, against the smallest demon. You wouldn't. Why? Because already you're dealing with a spirit being, a totally spirit being, invisible. How will you defend yourself? If an angel came to your room to kill you, how would you defend yourself? Where do you start? You can't see it. You have no idea. Even when it came, you don't know. How do you start? You're defenseless. So, 
if he saw, he, they are powerful because they were created powerful. They were created powerful. Yeah? They were created powerful. Last week I gave you an example. I said, Zechariah, angel Gabriel appeared and brought a message that Elizabeth will have a baby. Zechariah said, we are old. Hmm? Somebody I know says, Transformers Lichapa. <laughs> We are old. It's, I mean, like, dude, this is not going to happen. Gabriel told him, he said, he didn't take some wrong one, but he just said, you will say nothing until that baby comes. Done. He walked away. Zechariah's mouth was shut. Fungwa. Can't say nothing. Isn't that a powerful being? Now, one that hates you, one of those ones that hit you is called Prince of Persia. When Gabriel was delivering a message to Daniel, that one got hold of Gabriel and locked him up for 21 days. So what can that thing do to you? But then the bigger question is, if they are powerful and they hit you that much, how comes you're still here? How comes you're still here? Hmm? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 7 confirms, we don't need to go to that one. Hebrews 2 7 confirms it, that yes, we are made a little lower than angel. And now he, the, the author of Hebrews applies it to Jesus Christ when he became a man and indicates indeed when he became a man, he had to go lower than the angel to the point of death. Let me ask you, in this warfare that you've heard about going on for thousands of years, how many of you have met a dead angel on the side of the road? Do you see what I mean? But Jesus became even subject to death, something that can't happen to them in the order of their creation. In terms of physical death. Hello? So how is it that you're still advancing, even though you didn't know that enemy was that bad? <laughs> how is it that you're still advancing? How is it that you're still here? More perplexing, how is it that you make a prayer and command them to flee and they flee? How is it that you, Puskat, <laughs> is able to chase them? How? How is it? Hello? Hello? It's because they are restrained by the authority of God. They are restrained. That will be in the next slide. They are restrained by the authority of God. They are restrained. In other words, they, are, they can't do it. They so badly want to kill you, but they can't do it. Amen. And in one of those days when we were learning, we said it's not because you remember to cover everything in prayer. <laughs> Hello? How many of you today, okay, let's do a little. <laughs> Some guys are laughing, like they already know what I'm going to say. Okay, I'll say it anyway. If you drove here, lift up your hand. If you drove, lift it high. So those of you who drove to this place, okay, if you are in a car, lift up your hands, like the rest of you just appeared. Eh? Okay, so if you are in a car, I was not referring just to the driver. 
So if you're in a car, wave, let me see, wave. Okay, so most of you, okay. How many of you remembered to pray before you entered the car? The Lord, let the pressure in all the four tires hold together so that none of them burst, so that we don't roll and I die. How many? Yeah, nice. So you, you can't cover all the grounds, you. Why? You, you don't know all the grounds. So how are you still here? That you forgot to pray about the tires, but you drove and got here. I know somebody will tell me, faith. Faith to Ghani, would you be faith? But, yes, so how is it that you're here? You're here because your enemy is restrained by the authority of God. They are restrained. They are restrained. When that restriction is lifted, to any space, the havoc they can cause in minutes is unimaginable. Ask Job. One day, how do you like that everything you read about Job, the disasters happened in one day? Wait, one day is too long. That's 24 hours. It happened in a few hours. Happened in a few hours. When the restriction was lifted, except for Job's life, in a few hours... All his kids were dead. All his cattle was gone. All his camels were gone. He's, I mean, disaster, disaster in a few hours. That is the reality we live in even today. But the restricting factor is the authority of God. And I'll, we'll get to that sometime. Hello. <laughs> oh, you don't like hearing this. Huh? So God has given us some powerful typology to remind us you are because his authority has restricted the activities of the enemy. Here is some beautiful typology. Number one, what do you know about the oceans? Now, think about it. The oceans, so let's do some science. The oceans, the water bodies, are more expansive than the landmass. In other words, the continents put together are smaller than the oceans. Okay? Now, these oceans... The continents put together are smaller than these oceans. These oceans are in this globe or this planet that is spinning and revolving around the sun. What should happen to water? So what, how comes say le earth in andanga if corner moja pothole moja ocean ifuni the earth? Why is that? Why is that not happening? Huh? Why is that not happening? Let's look at scriptures. So let's look at it from scriptures. Why is that not happening? I love this scripture and some people I know love it also. Job 38. We'll read just a small part there, but let's go to Job 38. Job 38. Listen, verse 10. No, verse 8. Or who shut up, verse 8. Who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as, as if it had issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling burn for it, and break up for it, uh, my, break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors. Let me read from Amplified. Or who shut up the sea with doors? Allah. God is describing himself and asking Job. Who was it that shut up the sea with doors? Oh, Shayonezom Lango. 
who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth and issued out of the womb, when I made the clouds the garment of it, and thick darkness a swaddling burned for it, <coughs> verse 10, and marked for it my appointed boundary and set bars and doors. Mm. <laughs> he set the boundary. And there's enough scripture. That's just one. I could read you up to five where the Lord clearly states he set the boundary for the sea. From Genesis, when he separated the waters from the land, he set for the sea its boundary. The only reason that water is not covering us every time the earth is spinning, it's because there's a boundary set. Hallelujah. See, it's, it's, it's very physical, but it's a reminder. The only reason the enemy is not overwhelming you like the ocean is that there's a boundary set. Another example would be, um, I see you're looking for the douche <laughs> on the other side. Another example would be, think of the wind. What do you know about the winds? Oh, by the way, do you know that in the sea, yeah? Do you know that in the oceans, for example, some facts here, that in the oceans, the average, deep oceans, the average height of waves is 11 meters. Hmm? 11 meters, eh? It's just average, average. They say every 30 seconds, and this is scientific documents from oceanographers, every 30 seconds you will spot a 22-meter wave. 22. Do you, I think, Matsi Mechenga. Meters. Nani wanajua meters. Wanyesho. Paka ile roof ni mitangapi. No, this roof, how many meters is this? Right at the apex there. Meters, not feet. Meters, seven. meters. This can seven maximum. Yeah, that's about seven, eight maximum. Can't go beyond that. Twenty-two meters wave. So they cause all the noise, uko. But when they are coming to show Ashayambia doors and bars, spit up. Now every so often, binadam wanna misbehave. Shaskia tsunami ki. The one that killed people in Indonesia, Indonesia region uh, a couple of years ago was, was uh, Indonesia a couple of years ago was what? Was that about 11 meters or something? And crossed one mile into the land. One mile inwards, 200,000 people are dead. Now that should be happening every day. Because the water is still there. <laughs> Go to the deep sea. Hello? Winds. Up here in our troposphere, in our troposphere, we have what we call the jet streams. Wind. That one needs somebody who can preach in Swahili. And preferably with a strong low accent. I mean, we have jet streams, the, the winds that blow, and they run right across the, the globe. Yeah? R moving at speeds of up to 500 miles per hour. Okay, miles, please, miles. If you want to do that kilometers times three, divide by two, 1,500, 750, 750 kilometers per hour. So that is Kisumu to Mombasa, one hour, 15 minutes. 
Now, think of the force of that wind. It's in the same planet with you and I. You should be carried to Pluto. <laughs> yeah, you should wake up one morning and your thing, your house and everything with you was blown to Pluto. But why not? Because he set the path for the wind. Scripture. Don't cross here. Think of another one. Asteroids. That is terrible. Ter asteroids. Unajua asteroids. Asteroids are huge, huge, huge. They call them rocks, but it's, it's, it's a misnomer. That's a misnomer. Because some of them are bigger than our planet. Because in Arushwa, those things... Now, listen. The gravitational pull of the sun, because you know, you know how the solar system looks like? I didn't put that in any slide. But the solar system with the sun at the center. So the gravitational pull of the sun, so strong that there are asteroids, huge, it's wrong to call them boulders or rocks. Some of them are bigger than our planet. That are being sucked towards the center of the, of the, of the, of the solar system. So they're being drawn towards the, the sun. They are flying at amazing speeds, amazing speeds, amazing speeds. Hmm? Outer planet, they are lures. They are throwing stones, they are complaining. I don't know what they are complaining about. But those things are coming at amazing speeds. Now, look at the wisdom of God. Look at the wisdom of God. So this has been, you can find this, just Google, you'll find lots of information about this. There are two planets that are more outer space than us, than the earth. So we have, at the cent, uh, center is the sun. The nearest is? Hey, students. Mercury, then? Venus, then? Earth, then? Mars, then? Then? Uh, that, 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 that last one is, is some serious humor. <laughs> what was the last one? Eh? Saturn, not Satan. That's serious humor right there. But anyway, those two planets, those two planets, Saturn and Jupiter, are many, many, many times bigger than Earth, by far, many times. Jupiter especially, it's the biggest. Now, here's what's happening. A lot of the times, the movement around the sun of Jupiter and the Earth, of Jupiter and the Earth, are pretty synchronized with this asteroid activity. So that most asteroids land on Jupiter. The ones that would hit the Earth, they land on Jupiter. Some of them, when they've landed on Jupiter, they've created craters, craters that are hundreds of times bigger than the Earth. That just tells you if they hit the earth, we would be inside the sun. I don't know if we would would be with the Lord. We'd be with the Lord. We would be with Jesus. Fully with Jesus. Okay? Fully with Jesus. So look at the wisdom of God. That those huge monstrous rocks are coming at tremendous speeds, capable of knocking the earth out of its axis. But then... Jupiter, and now, and Saturn, <laughs> take the beating. Jupiter and Saturn take the beating. And they are bigger, so they are able to take it up. 
Every so often, some tiny little rocks, tiny ones, penetrate or pass that shield. And when they come to, towards the earth, the Lord has said the earth has an atmosphere and up to the troposphere. And so what happens? It has oxygen. So that movement, high speed, coming into oxygen immediately causes combustion. And they burn up before they reach the earth. Now, wewe, ulikumbuka kuombea asteroid ngapi? So, uh, it's, a, it's a clever, it's a simple, clever reminder. You are kept because there is a restriction set against this enemy by the authority of God. Maybe we can quickly touch on those two. Rain, think of the rain. Thought of the rain? Have you thought of the rain? Let me tell you. How does, how does rain form? Huh? Condensation. So we have evaporation, then the water condenses, then it falls, isn't it? Do we have shortage of water to evaporate? There's enough water to evaporate, right? Which means, in a logical sense, it should be raining every day. Now, watch a later home, upper Nairobi, Nairobi. Only all, all it would take is three to four, and it's true for almost every city in the world. Three to four days of continuous raining and there's no land to see. Just three to four. So what does God do? It evaporates daily. But he has ordained his winds to scatter the clouds and move them different places. In fact, I was reading a scripture. He says he even goes to water the wilderness where there's no habitation. Just, just scattering that rain evenly to save you from flood. God saved you. It's God who saved you. Hmm? Restrained by the authority of God. The last one is the sun. Yeah? Don't you enjoy it? Love the sun. Gets cold, you're like, hey, kajua, kajua. You love the sun. In fact, we are told, again, uh, of all this study of planets and everything, the earth is at just the right place, right distance, in the right angle, 22 and a half degrees inclined, right angle, right distance from the sun to support life. So if we just tilt a degree in Guinea, Kwesha, you freeze or, you, or, or, or every liquid evaporates and you're done. But then, look at this. That sun, helpful as it is, has UV rays, UV rays B, which can cause cancer like this. So what has God done? God has set the ozone layer around the earth. So as the sun beams its rays, the, B, the UVB are eliminated, held back by the ozone layer. And the UV that passes is not harmful. Of course, Ujuaji Yaman, destroy ozone, down a motor. But then the idea is this. All of us, because all of you have seen you in the sun, all of you. All of you. But how are you kept? Because the ultimate designer set boundaries for the sun's rays and made sure 
Only the rays that were useful in supporting life pass into the planet. And UV, the, 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 the rays A, when you step out, it activates vitamin D in your body. As in the genius of God. So why are you still here? Because the enemy is restrained by the authority of God. Not because you fasted and prayed. Fasting and prayer is good, but he's restrained by the authority of God. Amen? Amen. Um, just uh, Proverbs 8.29, please. Proverbs 8.29. Proverbs 8.29. We can read that pretty quickly. We have like 30 minutes. Not even going anywhere. <laughs> uh, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundation of the earth. Now, that's still repeating back on the sea. We can read in Genesis when he said, The sun, you rule by day and by night you give way. It's true. So he, he designed it. It's, it we, we say the sun sets. In actual sense, the sun doesn't move. But then he's designed it to have these hours and then break. Watch out to Everything designed to keep you safe. But those are physical things. But you are not a physical being. You're a spiritual being. But then these physical things act as reminders. They are typologies. They remind you that there is a God who has set bounds for your wellness, for your safety, for your well-being. Why? Because there is an enemy that's enraged against you. But by God's authority, there are restrictions. And so, if there's any safe place to be, it's within the borders of his authority. Amen. Every so often, human beings have checked out through their ujuaji. You know, we've polluted the place until we messed up with the ozone layer. Then we complain cancers. Because we breached the boundaries that were restricted there, that were set there. Huh? Hello? Hello? Mm. So, we mess up with the environment, then we see tsunamis. <laughs> yeah? we, we mess up, we, see, we, we breach, then there are consequences. And it also so happens, it also so happens that even where this enemy has been bound or restricted by the authority of God, sometimes human beings have a tendency to go outside Apple. Then they realize what was waiting. <laughs> Hello? We'll touch that another time. But why is this God jealously protecting you? Why is God jealously, that's the next one, yeah? Why is God jealously keeping you? Why is God jealously guarding you? One, because you are an heir of God, a child of God. I told you it was in his design from creation. You are an heir of God. You are a child of God. That's why he jealously protects you. Last week we read John chapter 1, verse 12 on, isn't it? Uh, as many as believed him, to them give he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believed in his name. Who are born, not of the will, not of the, not of the will of flesh, not of the, blood of, not of the blood of flesh, not of the blood, not of the will. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's verse 13. Brian, go there. So we... Somebody can 
totally miss everything I'm saying because I put blood before will. So let's read it, right? You know, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You are born of the will of God. You are born of the blood of God. You are born of the will of spirit. That's what he's saying. Hello? That's what he's saying. He's saying you are not born of the, no, you're not born of, of the blood of flesh because you are born of, you're not a born of blood. You're not born of blood as it were of man. That's why Jesus shed his blood. Amen. You are not born of the will of flesh. You are born by the will of God. Who are born by the will of flesh? Do you know the people who are born by the will of flesh? Hello? Do you know the people who are born by the will of flesh? You don't know? The people who are born by the will of flesh are like the ones looking at me. Because it, is your, it, it was not you. It is two people that decided they were going to have a baby. And you appeared. So that was just human will. But now he's talking to you as a born-again person, and he says, no, your rebirth or birth is a product of the will of God, or will of spirit. Amen. Then the last one there, he says, they are born, it's not of the will of man, but definitely by the will of God. Amen. So that alone should settle a lot of things for you. You're not here by mistake. Hello? Now, you're not here by mistake, and if you thought it was a mistake, remember, you're still here. Because there's some, some things restricted from taking you out. So you're not here by mistake. Amen. There's stuff. There's stuff inside you. There's what must happen. There is what has been ordained, preordained concerning you that is expected to blossom. And that's why you're still here and you're here. Hmm. He's jealous because he has appointed you a partner in his divine plans. Aha. I told you, the Lord has set it this way, that for him to do things on the earth, he must find human agency or human partnership. He could have done it by himself, but he has set it this way. And who has he appointed to be a partner? You and I. And so what does he do? He, has, he jealously guards his partners because he has things to do with them. Oh, Okay, okay, so just to make sure it doesn't sound too, we've said you are an heir, John chapter 1, isn't it? Hello? Hello? So he has appointed you a partner, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is where it started, verse 26. And God said... God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Then what? Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. What is dominion? Huh? Pardon? Shout your answer. Have some faith about it. Yes? Huh? What is dominion? Authority, power, basically complete rule. Complete rule, isn't it? Let them have dominion. Dominion over what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fall of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. There's a humor there, isn't it? Eh? Over every creepy crawler. Huh? 
uh, on the natural, it's ladies who fear these creeping things. Don't fear, you have dominion over them. But or even in the spiritual realm, the devil has told you like serpent, you'll be crawling. So you crawl like dominion over them. So God, creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So this was his design. So what has God done by giving dominion to man? He has removed himself from that sphere. So requiring human partnership to execute things in that sphere. Hello? How many, of times, how many, how many times have you heard that uh, His Excellency President Uru Kenyatta went and sat at the chief's office in Matutu Chache to, 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 to require burial permit for something? Did you hear? Or assistant chief's office? Why doesn't he do that? Because he has appointed that assistant chief who sits, it's called, it's called the office of the president or the presidency. So the assistant chief acts in representation. So then the president does not need to go there and ask the Mukona barrier permit. Hello? Or to come and issue it. Can you imagine the president crisscrossing the country to issue barrier permits? <laughs> Hello? So why is he not doing it? Why is he not doing it? Representation. Representation. Okay? It's a law of delegation, isn't it? Representation or delegation. So he has appointed a delegate. So he steps back and says, my delegate or my representative will execute on my behalf there. That's what God did in Genesis 1.26. He says, let man have dominion over the earth. And so that's why you see in Genesis, in the cool of the evening, the Lord came walking, or his voice came walking, and they had charts with Adam. Because now what he has to do is basically he's influencing this man, and through influence, this man executes his will there. Matthew 6, Jesus said it, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the pattern? Heaven shapes earth. Amen. Hello? So... Appointed as a divine partner, therefore. That's why he jealously guards you. That's why he jealously guards you. A partner in kingdom business. And number three, you're jealously guarded. And the restrictions are set on the enemy because you are a revealer of God. <laughs> you are a revealer of God to all creation. The scripture we just read, let us make money in our own image and in our own, come on, people. Let us make man in our own image and in our own. So, the children have gone. There are some of you whose children are photocopies, colored photocopies of yourselves. I would have asked them to stand up, but they are gone. Then you would see, people would spot them. They can see them already. They can just see. That is so-and-so, that is so-and-so, isn't it? Yeah? Sindio Yofi. You can just see. So what's happening? Image and likeness, why he created man in his image and likeness was so that man can be able to not only adequately represent him, but be a revealer of God to creation. Are you with me? So he creates, he restricts the enemy's activity because he's jealously protecting his representation or his revelation on the earth. Listen to me. God desires to be known. That's why that was the whole essence of starting to create. 
He didn't need to create. He wasn't bored. Some lonely somewhere in some space. No space, actually. He's God. So he wasn't bored in nowhere. Just sitting by himself, bored. And then he thought, you know, the way you do like this. And then you start biting your nails and saying, Dafanya. Ah, no, 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 no. I was observing this morning. We got a puppy last week. And I was observing this puppy this morning. And um, yesterday, because of being here at the wedding, and it's still young, we confined it so that it doesn't loiter. Akwe tangatanga, puppy. So we, 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 we confined it. Yeah? We call them what? Umbuakoko, eh? Umbuakoko. So we confined it. So when we confined it, so... But by the time we got there, it was a bit late. Have I offended you already? <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. Okay. So, when we got, when we got uh, home, it was a bit late, and then it was really wet, rainy, and all that. And we thought, no, just stay in your kennel. And so I gave it food there. But if you've handled dogs, you know puppies are energetic. So now, it was confined for a greater part of yesterday, and then today, uh, sorry, for a greater part of yesterday, and then throughout the night, and on a full stomach. So I released it this morning, and boy, did it run. It ran around, it jumped, it ran, and everything, and I was serving it, ran around. And then at some point, I was not observing. Dolly's one who called me and said, it's spoiling the mop, because it's looking for what to do, you know? And the other dogs in the compound are older. They don't want to play. So you can see, I, I watched it, mischief, you know. It's just, it's, it's looking for something to do, something. So it got the mop and took it out to the field and was pulling out those strings one by one. Uh, God wasn't like that. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of energy in God. And he's sitting down and he's like, and then he said, galaxy, galaxy, boom, galaxy. No, there was a purposeful action and the purpose, in, one of the purposes in that action was to make himself known. And that's his avenue. A revealer of God. You are a revealer of God. So you're jealously guarded. Now, I've said three things there. Uh, we have like 15 minutes. So I've said three things. Um, I've said three things. One, you're an heir of God. Two, you're a partner in kingdom business. And three, you are a revealer of God. And I think I've looked at scriptures, John 1, 12 onwards, uh, 12, 13, which says, which we read, and uh, I, I trust you already saw, that what? It says, born not of the will of, not of the blood or of the will of flesh, but of the will of God, isn't it? So you are born, you're an heir to, uh, we've looked at Genesis 1, 26, which states clearly that the way God designed things is that man was an appointed delegate, so you are in charge of this sphere, and therefore God works in partnership with you. And then the third thing is um, that you are a revealer of God. Um, Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 3. Um, Hebrews 1, 3, we can do, let's do two. Hebrews 1, 3. Let's look at Hebrews 1, 3. And then look at uh, Colossians, you see. And then we can now shift gears for the next like 10 or so minutes. Are you there? Who being the brightness of his glory. Just take us to verse, uh, perhaps we just, two. Can you take us back? Hath in these last days, okay, one. <laughs> Sorry. 
God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the past and to the fathers by the prophets. So God in the past spoke to the fathers by the prophets. The fathers in question, um, uh, within context, is speaking about that Jewish lineage, isn't it? So he's saying God spoke to them by the prophets. But now this is Hebrews, we're New Testament time. Verse 2, has in these last days done what? Spoken unto us by his son. God spoke through the prophets, but God is now speaking to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. That confirms the first purpose, isn't it? You are part of the corporate son. So whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. That's a beautiful thing, but we'll come to it another time. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Who is the brightness of God's glory? The son. And is what? The son is also the express image of of his person. So the son reveals the father. Right? Yes. So he's a revealer. Colossians, uh, Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. Just to corroborate. Can my brothers from Central Province say corroborate? <laughs> say corroborate. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Colossians 1.14, corroborate. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That is Jesus Christ, the Son, eh? who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. The image of the invisible God. What's that? The revealer of the invisible God. So the sons reveal the Father. And so intention here is that you would reveal him. Now, I've said those three things. In the next slide, the three things I've said. In the next slide, we say the sad bit is that most Christians don't know those things, but the enemy knows those things about you. The enemy knows the things we've said about you. So there's still, there's still a restriction, but he knows this about you. What does he know? He knows that you are an heir because he knows that's why you are created and he hates you for it. Number two, he knows that, that um, uh, you are an heir, that you are the partner, divine partner in kingdom business. Number three, he knows that you are a revealer of God. In fact, that bit annoys him a lot because every time he looks at you, he can see. So now, what's the result of that? The enemy then hates you. We're back there. So first, he can see the glory of God in you. That is the divine plan that has now been made manifest. There's a beautiful scripture there. I want to bring it to a place to stop. Okay, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. That now unto the principalities and powers may be, may be known or made known or made manifest the manifold wisdom of God. What is it that the principalities and powers are being shown? The very plan at the beginning that they never understood that they were rebelling about. Where they thought the old man has lost it, he's showing them, look how I got it. (laughs) Are you getting me? And so the enemy knows that about you so he can see. Okay, la, la. No, we won't go. So, look. Look. That inferior packer. The cat, remember? There was a plan. But the the enemy never understood it. And so he rebelled because he hated the cat. But there was a plan. What was the plan? That the one who is 
the, okay, let's use the human analogy, the rich man. What the, the servants that were planning to, the Africans who were planning to eat the cat didn't know was this, that the owner who supposedly died was coming back alive through the cat. And the cat would no longer be a cat, but the owner living eternally. Is it making sense? So what the enemy didn't know is that that inferior being called human, humus, uchafu, that being, God would come. That was not, that was hidden. God would come and become like one of them and die and then now live in them. So that when the enemy sees, now he sees God himself in them. Are you with me? That beat he never saw. And so Ephesians 3 says that it may be known to the principalities. That manifold wisdom of God is made manifest through the church. This is how it's made manifest. Now he can see, but it's too late. He already rebelled. <laughs> Secondly, back to our slide. Secondly, is that it only fuels his fury against you, making him more determined to frustrate that plan. The reason he's doing that second bit is that most believers are ignorant of what God has done. So Revelation says, hey, earth, people of the earth, the enemy has been cast out, but he's coming with great wrath. But why is there great fury? That's Revelation 12, 12. Why is there great fury? Because his time is short. What's making his time short? He can see the completion of the plan. It is so apparent now that indeed the father will have his sons. I hope you know that the angels that did not rebel, seeing this now, find pleasure in serving you. Because it's no longer you. They finally see the plan and they can see the father in you. They can see God in you. When they look at you, they see his image and likeness. They see him. And so it brings them pleasure to serve. That's why the angels, Hebrews, are ministering spirits sent forth to serve those that will be heirs of salvation. So you and I are already possessors of that salvation, but they've been sent forth to serve. They are ready. They are ready, but they, they are ready. Yeah? They, they don't require you to beg them. It is a pleasure because finally they have seen the plan of God rolled out. Now, one more step, then we can bring it to a halt. This enemy, okay, so, so next slide, yeah? So how does this enemy fight? This enemy who, okay, two things about the enemy. One, he can't fight God. <laughs> Okay, so if you've ever been given, if you've ever been fed, if you've ever been fed that, uh, um, you know, that rubbish that there is a war between God and the devil, don't buy that nonsense. Hello? Satan wouldn't think of it. <laughs> There's no fight between God and the devil. God created Lucifer. So he cannot fight. He can't fight. There's no fight. In fact, over and over, the Lord demonstrates to the devil his foolishness. Yeah? There's a beautiful scripture. 
a beautiful scripture how that uh, when Jesus came on the earth, I mean, first of all, just look at how Jesus came. It's also, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, born in a manger. You, first of all, he didn't know he's going to come this way, but then even born in a manger, you'd least expect. Hmm? God demonstrates that the, the best the enemy can think of is foolish. So there's no fight there. But now, how does this, why are we saying, why is there a war? We're saying there's a war. Aren't we saying there's a war? Okay, important notice. Dear believers, the context of your existence is warfare. You've been born in war. Hello? We, we interrupt this. We interrupt this discourse to just give you an alert that you are born in war. And please stop acting surprised because your book your book tells you it's normal. Moses was born, there was war. Huh? There was plans to kill him from birth. Jesus was born, there was plans to kill him from birth. Mungai was born, there have been plans to kill him from birth. But I've already told you, you are here. Just like the ocean never over, did not overrun you, you are here. Hmm? Hello? Uncle Polly, you know down here, that thing you dread from mountains called volcanoes, you know it's here also. Yes. <laughs> so you know the lava is down here. True? But somehow the Lord has defined where it, penet it comes out, not everywhere. But it's here, it's down here. You dig deep enough, Taipata, right? Hello? Some geology, the amount of water, listen to this, the amount of water that is right under the earth that creates a buffer between the lava and the rocks is more than the one you see in the oceans. <laughs> Otherwise, to us, you'd be feeling happy feet. <laughs> Rabbi in a melt too. <laughs> Why? Because if there was no buffer, the heat will, will, will transfer. We don't need any volcano to pop. The heat will transfer through the earth. There's a whole huge buffer cooling things here for us. So what am I saying? You are born in the context of warfare. Ignorance leads you to defeat. But you must know. But we're not propagating fear. Because as you can see, we're building understanding in it. So you're not scared of any warfare. But when you don't know what the enemy knows, he takes advantage of you. That's what we call ignorance. But when you know not what he knows, you know the truth. Then you're way ahead of him. So this enemy, look at the odds against him. He's, we're in war. We're in war. He's fighting. But then he can't fight God. Because there's no contest there. Hmm? There's no no contest. He can't fight. In fact, Adam Michael will not allow him to fight God. Michael will deal with him. <laughs> Don't talk to my papa. Let me deal with him. You can't, you can't fight God. Now, so he cannot fight God because he cannot challenge God. Secondly, he still has to fight because time is short and he wants to live with a mark. Atta shetani ya determined kuwacha mark. Na believers wengine wana idea mark ninin. And I'm not talking of the car. 
Because he's determined. He already knows he's fighting a losing fight. He knows he's losing. But he's determined to, to make a dent. That he's determined. He's going to make a dent. So, all right. Thank you. It's time. So, he's determined to make... Jesus, mommy. Okay. So, he's determined to make a dent. But the odds are against him. How can he fight God? He cannot fight God because he cannot challenge God. Hello? So, how does he fight you? Seeing that the authority of God has restrained him from getting to you. But he's fighting. Hello? He's fighting. <laughs> There's a beautiful typology in scripture. Again, it's someone's reality, but it still has typology. Remember when Gideon was told by the Lord and he was going to take on the Midianites' army? When he went to the Midianites' camp, the Lord told him, that is God's real humor. He says, I want to give you a prophetic word. Okay, go to the enemy's camp so I can give you this. <laughs> but the Lord is talking. <laughs> He's talking to him. Gideon had God. God said, I want to give you a word. I'm sure Gideon told him, give me here. <laughs> go to the enemy's camp. Then he goes to the enemy camp, and what's happening? A man has a dream. A piece of bread rolled down from the mountain and flattened our camp. Then the other one gives an accurate interpretation. These are Midianites. Kwaivo, these are gifts that we interpret dreams. This is a kichwa. Don't let the gifts make your head swell. Because these are, these are Midianites. Accurate interpretation. He tells him that bread is none other but Gideon. The son of... It's in your Bible, Judges chapter 6 to 8 that we read. So when he gave... Honestly speaking, my brother... When you give each other such accurate interpretation, what do you do? That night, you leave the camp and run away, isn't it? But they still stayed and were killed. So the next day, Gideon, they, that night when the Kina Gideon raided, they, they died. Those guys died. Hello? That is the futility of the enemy's fight. He knows, he knows, he knows, he already knows. He knows what the end will be like. But he's still fighting. Why is he still fighting? Because he uses schemes. Because he rides on the ignorance of the saints. Are you with me? There would be no fight if we all knew who we are. What he would have done, he would have packed his bags and gone to the bus stop where they wait for the bus for hell. Then he goes to hell. You know, you can say it correctly. Go to hell. Very, without sounding insulting, eh? He would have parked and gone to wait. But he knows. He's capitalizing on something. He's capitalizing on something. What is he capitalizing on? The ignorance of the saints. That's what still propagating some fight. The ignorance of the saint. And he will ride it to the max when he finds opportunity. He will ride it to the maximum. When he finds opportunity. What does the scripture tell us? And uh, then we can put our full stop here. What does the scripture tell us? Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Brian, our last scriptures. 2 Corinthians 2.11. 2 Corinthians 2.11. thought I'd put away my Bible. Have you found it? What does the Bible say? Now, the context, the context, 
Still, uh, the context is um, Paul is teaching them about forgiveness, um, about being able to restore somebody who's gone off the faith. That's true. But then the truth about the enemy still remains here. What does he say? Lest Satan, read with me. Can you see that? Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So, two things here. Ignorance gives Satan advantage. Number two, Satan uses devices. Okay? So, what am I saying? He doesn't fight man to man. <laughs> he uses devices. Let's read the last scripture. Ephesians 6, 11. Let me read this one from Amplified. I, I like the Amplified for this one. Ephesians 6, 11. Do you have Amplified? Oh, put it up so I don't turn this scripture. Then. Are we here? Can you see the screen or at least you have an Amplified you can see? Ready? Read. Put on the full uh, for his uh, it's not visible. This is Amplified. Eh? Oh, is this another Amplified? Okay, this is another Amplified. Brian Brian wrote it last night. <laughs> Let me find this other one that Brian didn't write. Put on God's whole armor. Is that the one you have? Put on God's whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. That you may be able to successfully, that you may be able, be able successfully to stand up against all Here's, here's what I want you to see. All the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Did you see that? Then that is the preface to verse 12, which says, for we wrestle. So what is it telling you? How are we wrestling? This dude operates by strategies and deceits. Strategies and deceits. So if you're ever waiting for Satan to knock your front door and say, Hi, Mujeni, I want to tempt you today. It's not going to happen. Because that would make him obvious. And once he's obvious, it's easy for you to beat him. So what does he use? Strategies and deceits. I want to stop. Uh, I want to stop here. Take me back to my slide so we can stop there. Strategies and deceits. And the greatest, the one that has worked time and time again, and the one that he will not let go of because it's the center of his success, is what he's crafted there, the world system. So the world system, or what we call Babylon. Hmm? Yo, yo, yo. Ilam. Hello? That's a good place to stop. What is the greatest of his strategies and deceits? In fact, oh, beautifully, uh, other scriptures will call them wiles, schemes. Hmm? Do you know what a scheme is? Scheme, eh? Come a desi. <laughs> wiles. Do you know what a wiles is? Wile is something that takes you unexpectedly. A scheme is a plot that you can't unravel, so you don't know, so you are caught in it. 
strategies and tactics. Now, I told you when we started, and we've stopped here, but we told you when we started, the, if the underestimation of your enemy is itself a deception. If you thought that he's stupid, holding his bag and waiting to go to hell by himself, you're deceived. He's working through cunning craftiness, schemes, strategies, tactics to lure you or to deceive you and take you unexpectedly because that's his only way of fighting. Did you hear me? Remember what the question was? How does he fight? Seeing he can't take on God directly. Number two, he can't touch you. There's authority restricting his activity. So how is he fighting? By schemes, tactics, devices, strategies, so that he can hoodwink you and get hold of you and then gain someone or win something because he's determined to go down with a fight because he's really going down and he has to go with a fight. <laughs> Hello? So what is that one I want us to consider because that's the one that ties up, that brings us to living by faith. It's, it's, a grand, it's, a, it's a grand compilation of everything it does. It's called what? The world system. The world system. So next time we'll look at word, uh, the uses of the word, we will define it. We will, don't worry, we'll do that next time. Actually, it's the previous slide you have to stop at, which says what? The greatest of all these schemes is what? The world system. The world system. So we will look at that next time. So when we look at the world system, then you start understanding why I was backing hard last time saying you have to be different. Yes. Remember shouting and, and announcing you can't be the same, you can't be the same. So question was then, how, will I be, how should I be different? Well, that's it. So we'll now come to the world system and I think after that, Percy will have been done. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. We have victory. Please let's rise. We have victory. 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 The lie is for us to think that we need to machine, to machinate it, to make it, to, to mechanize it, to do something. Now we have victory because it's been purchased for us. We have victory because the price has been paid for us. We have victory because he who created us lives in us. Amen. We have victory and the enemy knows it. Amen. He's scared, scared. However, he's putting on a brave face. Yes. Very scared, but he's putting on a brave face. And you know what? He's operating Roju. It's working for him because a lot of people are ignorant. But God is enlightening us. Our eyes are opening our hearts are apprehending the things of God accurately. We're growing stronger by the day. We are advancing. Our feet are standing on solid ground. We are knowing our Lord more and more every day. We're getting deeper and deeper in intimacy with him. We are getting, we're breaking the barriers. We're moving from the shallow to the deep. We're laying hold of the truth. Our hearts are apprehending what he has written concerning us. Our hearts are conceiving the plan of God and we're bearing fruit in righteousness in the name of Jesus. 
We are not of the camp that will be lied to, that will be hoodwinked, that will be taken by the wiles of the enemy. For day by day, the truth of God illuminates the inside of our heart. And that light is setting us free indeed. That light is making us walk in the light. And in his light, we are seeing light. And we are light carriers ourselves to the glory and honor of, you, of his name. We thank you, Father. We bless you. We give you glory and we give you praise. We give you honor. We adore you. We exalt you. Lord Jesus, we bless your name. We bless your name. What a wonder you are. What a wonder you are. Thank you for paying the price to reconcile us to the Father. Thank you for bringing us home. Thank you for causing us indeed to be bearers legitimately of that wonderful name of our Father God. We bless you. We are sons of God. We are heirs of the kingdom. We are accurate representatives of God on the earth. We have the mandate. The authority of God is upon us. We are the revealers of God to creation. We are the revealers of God to creation, to the glory and honor of our Father God. Hey, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, now I pray for everyone as we have heard your word and as we have taken time to share in your word and in the truth. I pray for everyone that has been here, has been listening, even those that are listening online. Lord Jesus, let your word take root in their heart. You said you watch over your word to perform it. You watch over it also that men are able to receive it. For you came to give understanding and you are the word. Lord Jesus, in intimate ways, cause there to be a comprehension of the truth. In intimate ways, let this cease to be what we said on this pulpit by becomes the personal revelation of everyone that heard and that these are things that they intimately know and are capable of walking in to the glory and praise and honor of your name. Father, I thank you. The enemies are defeated for, and we are thanking you that every day, everyone here is able to walk in the higher realities and experience the higher truths to the glory, honor, and praise of your name. Thank you. I speak a blessing upon everyone. Lord God, I, I, I dispense your grace to them to be able to walk in these places, for us to tread where the lion's whelp have not walked in, for us to walk in grounds that we have seen mentioned in scripture. We stand as that generation, Lord Jesus, we stand as that generation that aggressively seeks to see the fulfillment of your word in our days, in the name of Jesus. These are those days that were spoken of in scripture and we are living in them and we are actively causing them to come to be. And we are those that apprehend the prophetic word of God hanging over us as a church, hanging over us as a nation, hanging over us as a continent, hanging over us as a generation. And we say these things are coming to pass in our day to the praise and honor of your name. We give you thanks, our Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.